to Hospitality Queens, your favorite two hospitality gurus. I am Erin. What up? It's Whitney. We have a special, special, special guest in the house today. It is my favorite human being um, in Tampa, besides Corrales, is Andrew <laughs> Bittman. You guys. Hey, everyone. How you doing? Everybody doing and he's my there. cousin, y'all. There you go. Y'all know how we like to be adopted into family. You already know, Whitney. (laughs) You already know why, too. Period. (laughs) You guys, you can I'm excited. He is awesome. He is like, he's seen me grow so much. And I call him all the time to get some great, great inspiration. So he's going to bless us with some of that today. I'm so excited. How you doing today? What you sipping on? on Buffalo Trace. Mm. There you go. Can you see I, that? Ooh, I like yes, glass. I love that glass. Yeah. Okay, Buffalo Trace. But, I'm, I'm here for it. Buffalo Trace. Uh, Buffalo Trace has been kind of hard to find, but recently uh, my neighbor who actually owns a liquor store here, he, uh, he was able to get a couple barrels, so we've been blessed to be able to get some. It's the connection. It's the owner of the liquor store for me. I need to go to Tampa. <laughs> Dang. That's a, that's an amazing neighbor. That is the hookup. That is the hookup. So I'm bad at that. Stuff. That's a lesson. Talk to your neighbors. I'm not really good at that. I don't be wanting to mingle. But right. Listen. <laughs> that's a good neighbor. No, so guy, you know, there's an incentive. There's an yeah, incentive it's an to be cordial and, and congenial with your neighbors. For sure, for sure, for sure. We gotta I'll be trying to talk. That's the connections. My across kind of creep me out, and I feel like they don't like me. So it's not a I want to connect kind of vibe. <laughs> I've spoke to them before, <laughs> and they don't speak back. What do you do? What'd you say? What do you say? If you if you talk if they don't talk like I speak, then I don't I want to talk no more. And we are like my door, their door. Like we have we see each other. Be mm. nice. I am nice. I have <laughs> to deliver right across and they do look. You know, a little different. A little different. So <laughs> Um, you guys, I am so, rocking my House of Drew shirt. So if you're not watching on YouTube, please check it out. I appreciate that, Aaron. I appreciate that. And we've got some some new things that we're going to be dropping. And we'll be talking about that tonight. I think one of the subject matter um, matters that you guys threw at me was entrepreneurship versus corporate America. And so we'll be talking about that because I can talk to you from both fronts on that. Ooh, I love that because I was looking for a shirt today. I was like looking for the merch. I'm like, Aaron, where are you? I'm looking. I'm trying to buy. So, I'm you know, excited. do we jump right into the conversation then? Yeah, tell Wait. us about. Oh, well, we got to do, do our cocktails real quick. What you sipping with? And you ate something. Yeah, you know, I always, I'm always eating. Nothing new. But I'm drinking some tequila, Terramana tequila. With a splash of Contro, 
and a splash of pineapple. So just something real light. And then I'm just really eating some basic pizza because I'm moving. I needed like a quick little something. And I was listening to the 85 South show. Y'all know that's my show. And Carlos was talking and he was eating pizza and he was eating Domino's. I haven't eaten Domino's pizza in forever, but he was like the thin, crispy pizza at Domino's is what keeps them open. And he used to work there. And I'm very influenced, especially by food. So that's what I went and got. I got Domino's pizza, the thin and crispy, and it's actually pretty fire. And they do car side delivery because y'all know I don't like getting out of my car. I'm a to-go queen. So came to my car. Passenger side, like I told them to, checked it. It was hot, ready, and it's actually really good. So come through Domino's, okay? Y'all need to sponsor an episode. I ain't <laughs> had Domino's in forever. But it's actually really good. Like the thin and crispy is hitting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try it because I actually only get thin and crispy from Pizza Hut, which I actually just had Pizza Hut on Friday night. Hmm. Um, and I finished it today for breakfast. So, yes. Okay, come through, Crispy. Let me see what that looks like. So, when I go, when I get Domino's, I don't get um, tomato sauce. They have, like, a garlic parm sauce that I get instead. And I get crazy stuff. So, I have, like, tomatoes, mushrooms, and pineapple. I like crazy stuff on my pizza. Don't judge me. Don't judge me, but yeah, I'm I a pineapple I don't guy. Eat, I've always been. Yeah, I don't eat meat, so I gotta get always a little creative. Mm-hmm. First time I had it was years ago when uh, living in Charlotte, Wolfgang Pizza, and mm-hmm. uh, he used to put pineapples on there, and everybody thought it was crazy. And then it became really popular around the area, but I love pineapples on my pizza. I don't do it all mm-hmm. the time, but. My mom loves pineapple mm-hmm. on the pizza, and I would always skip that side. Like, she would have to know. It's so good. It was okay. Like, it wasn't bad. She used to get that Canadian bacon and pineapple vibe, and mm-hmm. it was okay. It was okay, but it's that pineapple with the pizza, it'd be throwing me a little bit, so I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, but I, you know, I was young, so I might be different now. Um, but you know, I'm pineapple, it's the symbol of hospitality, so. It is, and I love my pineapple with my Cheers to that. Cheers to that. I'm actually drinking the same tequila as you, Terramana, but Reposado. Mm-hmm. And I just did um, my favorite Taheem on the side, on the rim. You already know. It was only right. And then I did a margarita mix. Plus, I added like a splash of my mango, um, mango pineapple orange um, simply that I love. And I use okay. as a treat. I just put a little splash of that. Um, and I had a I couple. I like that. I like that. Come on, mango, pineapple, strawberry. Is that what you said? Uh, mango, pineapple, orange. Oh, sorry. Mango, pineapple, orange. Yeah. I like that. I don't know what I'm going to name her, but it will come to me. Well, I think I like the, um, I'm still on Drew's glass, Dapper AF. I like that. <laughs> so that could be the show. That could be the show title. So we need to write that down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, um, it's a dog. Okay, let's talk about dogs for a second. Because we were talking about our neighbors. So I have a new neighbor, right? And I have a small child. He's three. So when we go leave the house in the morning, it's like early, like six o'clock in the morning. 
so I didn't know that they had a dog. So we come out the door and like, it scares me because the dog is clearly at their door and he's barking, barking, barking at us because he can hear us moving. And it scares me. And I'm just like annoyed because it's six o'clock in the morning. I'm just trying to get out the house and the dog is barking at me. So irritated. So the days go on, blah, 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 dog barking, dog barking. So one day the, the wife catches me as I'm coming back home. And she's like, hi, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, how are you doing, whatever. And she was like, I'm sorry about all the noise coming from our house. I'm like, you know, you're fine. I don't even really hear you guys, you know. And she was like, oh, and just so you know, the, um, the dog that's barking, it's not always our dog. Like, it's not always us, like, you know. And I'm like... It is though, because I've lived here for about a year and a half and I never hear a dog barking at me, but you're so, <laughs> you're guilty, Susan, guilty Karen. And you could have just left that comment. Like, it's not a girl, it is you. It's okay though, be, just accept your loudness. You have a loud ass dog and just accept it. That's it, but don't try to, it's not me. Don't do that, cause it's you. Like you didn't even have to even offer that information. Like. <laughs> This is not us. Okay. Bye. Ooh, she tried it. Mm-mm. But people with dogs are special. I don't know. I live right by the dog park. And me and my son could be walking by the dog yeah. park, just minding our business. And the dogs are like viciously barking at it. So we're, my son's scared. So we're just trying to scurry along. And the dog owner would be like, it's okay. They don't want to play with you. And I'm like, this is not inviting. Don't try to make it seem like we right. are not inviting and your dog wants to tear my son's head off. Don't do that to us. Talking about it's okay. They don't want to play. No, you, he needs to calm down. So I can, I don't understand. Like I'm not a dog parent. I don't, I don't get it. Is there help me? I'm a dog parent. I am a Aaron will tell you, I am very much a dog parent. He goes to doggy daycare, all that good stuff. So, wow. you know, I was raised, my dad always said, there's never been a bad dog, and particularly Rottweilers, because that's what I have. And that's what I grew okay. up with. Uh, there's never been a bad dog, it's bad owners. And so, okay. you know. Say that louder for people. I want, yeah, I wanted to get a... a a reputable dog from a reputable breeder. So I went through the process with the AKC and all that good stuff and um, got him trained immediately. Immediately. And he's being a jerk right now, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but got him trained. Um, what I wanted was a dog that was obedient, but I still wanted him to have his personality. And that's what he has. You know, you don't have to worry about him ripping your head off or anything like that. I can leave him walk away from him around people and he's going to sit and stay and all that good stuff. He's just very well trained. And then again, you get them from a good breeder, you know, the mentality, you know, the temperament and all that good stuff. You don't have a lot to worry about, but it's still a dog. It's, mm-hmm. you have to put the time in, you know, like I tell people with, with, uh, with all dogs, 15 minutes a day, keeps the bad dog away, you know, mm-hmm. training back and forth, that kind of stuff. Okay. 15 minutes a day. Yep. I like that. Yeah. Doesn't take much. Yeah. Hmm. I'm here for it. And okay. So 
from personal experience, what I'm suffering from right now is people leaving their dog poop right in the grass. And I think I know exactly who it is, but I just don't want to be her. Like, cause that's a Karen move if I co-call him out. Cause that's where I'm at. The, there's this one man downstairs to the right, sir. If you find me, I know who you are, okay? <laughs> and I always hear the dog squealing. Like every time he takes the dog outside, like he's always jerking him, jerking him, jerking him. And I'm like, okay, this is not good because he shouldn't be squealing. Like if he's bad, mm -hmm. you need to take the time to teach him. And like, they're outside. There's usually, his apartments are not like busy. So they could, he could be doing the most, but he's always jerking him, jerking him, jerking him. And he goes to this one spot all the time, which is kids don't wear no clothes, always got a diaper on, underwear, t-shirt. Like we don't got time for that. It's the middle of the day. And then there's always dark poop right where he is at every time. So right now there's like two big loads. I mean, two big loads right there. And so I called Lisa and I'm like, look, I'm not going to pick this up, but I don't want to walk by my apartment that I paid a lot of money in. And there are small apartments. Like I need you to respect this. And it's like, and I tell, I call a couple times that I, I want to be that to them. I want to annoy them so much that they get tired of cleaning up dog poop. I'm going to annoy you so much right. that you're going to get fed up. And you're going to call that man and tell him to pick up that dog shit. Right. It's, but, it's, you know, and that's just bad dog ownership. Because, like, you know, for for me having a dog that's purebred, they're more susceptible to catch things. And so he would get sick if there was dog poop out there. And a couple times he did very early wow. on. And that's, uh, you know, I mean, we got insurance and everything like that. But that's still a $300 charge. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, it's called giardia, and so it's like a parasite and things like that. And and small dogs or younger dogs can get it just from smelling. So what? Yeah, that's just bad bad dog ownership. We that had the same thing, like right on the sidewalk. Dog poop. It's been there forever, and I'm like, what the like? We have so much stuff, like the bags and the little. Trash can. Exactly. Like you, 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 you know walk what? by this every day, just like us. Like you don't feel the way, like dang. I, you know what I'm saying? That's crazy. Okay. Disgusting. Okay. Hmm. I know, and that's. I think that's anyway, what we're it, not. Gonna, hmm? We don't want to turn this into a, a dog poop show either. <laughs> I know. So oh, you know what? Clean up your dog shit if you're a dog owner and you do have a moment where you're exactly. being lazy. Go ahead and. Pick up that poop, okay? I just I didn't know that they could get sick from smells. I didn't know that. Yep, yep. Just from um, there's another disease, and you know I'll leave it alone. But it's called parvo, and parvo is a lot more dangerous. But they can get that as well, and parvo can kill a dog quickly if they're not vaccinated or don't have a uh, you know immunity to it. Mmm. Fun fact: I feel Stop. like. Stop it. We're learning new stuff. Like you learn something new every day. Yeah, so like, the people need to know. Crazy. You guys are talking, and he's excited. Now he's he's trying to bite my pants leg under the <laughs> under the uh, table. That's you funny. Like who are you talking to? Because they, I heard them talking shit about dogs. Yeah. Right. But listen, <laughs> your friends right. don't be. They don't always be nice. So I do have some like icebreaker questions though. To get into this is my favorite. All right, here we go. This is a good one. Like the first one that popped out at me. This is just about to be the dog podcast today. 
Well, I probably already know the answer, but what breed of dog do you think he would be? If he had to be I'd one. be a Rottweiler. He'd be, I'd be a Rottweiler. Because you just said that. All right. What's the last new thing you tried? Last new thing I tried? Um, yak. What? Yak. Yak? What is like that? Like yak? No. Yak, like uh, the bovine. Yak. <laughs> the uh, bovine? What is that? Yeah, the, the cow, you know, yak. Mm-mm, you got to put us on what that is. Y-A-K. Check that out. Yeah. Wow. We've got uh, a wild fork that opened here, and they have exotic meats, and I've been wanting to try it, and so I did. Exactly. Mm, how was it? It was good. It was good. I mean, you know what? Meat is meat, guys. It's pretty much eating the same thing. You know, it's eating grass and all that good stuff, and you season it the right way, you know, it's going to come out. So I had a recipe, and I, I tried it. Okay, I have a okay. question on that. How do you like your steak cooked? Um, medium rare. Okay, okay. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm a medium kind of girl, usually just in case. You never know. But it's very important. That you <laughs> I mean, but the thing is, the, you know, the more you cook it, the more flavor that you use or you lose. You're right. So, like, when the Italians actually cook theirs, you know, they would actually just cook it in the their stoves or ovens or whatever no flavor or anything mm-hmm. you know and then you know it seals all the juices all the flavors in there and then you cut it let it breathe and then you eat it immediately you know a lot of people don't know how to cook a steak correctly and so you end up really getting just a burnt hamburger you know and wasting a bunch of money facts what's What's one thing you're really bad at? One thing I'm really bad at, um, hiding my emotions. Ooh, that's a good one. I feel that. Yeah. You know, when Drew is ticked, then you know it. I like that. Let's see. Ooh, what's the most spontaneous thing you've ever done? That as a personality positive by saying, you know where you stand with me all the time. <laughs> well thank god i, I ain't like got that. on your bad side because you would know <laughs> i would know <laughs> <laughs> what's the most spontaneous thing you've ever done uh most spontaneous probably um a trip to new york last minute like that afternoon, planned it, and was gone. Wanted to go like to a party. Ooh, yeah. I love that. How was the party? Uh, party was just why, it was why I did. <laughs> it was why. It was everything I thought it would be. Ooh, yeah. I love that. Come, come on, New York. What do they call that? Is that a red eye? Or no, what's a, what's a red eye? Have you heard uh, of red that? Red eye's morning. Mm. Oh, red eyes in the morning. Oh, you're red eye. Early morning. Uh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's your? I just hear the movie. What's your cell phone wallpaper? Um, uh, my dog, with a Nike slipper in his mouth, and it says "Just chew it." 
So you're really like a dog lover. That's super cute. That's dog parents, I am. Oh my goodness. Okay. Ooh. Okay, this will be the last one. Oh no, two more. If you could, okay. if you could time travel, would you go back in time to meet your ancestors or forward in time to meet your descendants? Uh, probably back in time to meet my ancestors. Yeah. What's something on your bucket list? Something on my bucket list. Um. Wow. Um. It's gonna be something travel. It would probably be to spend a week in Fiji. Mm. It's beautiful there. Oh, yeah. Dope, 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 dope. Uh, the Ritz Carlton has uh, a resort there, and it's really beautiful. It's on the water, and just to Ooh. get away for a week to be there would be outstanding. Yeah, that'd be that pretty. Dope. Dope. Yeah. I just daydreamed it right then and there. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm thinking about this. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. We're going to Fiji. Okay. okay. The hostility queen's gonna fit in the suitcase. We'll be skinny by then. We're working on it. Girl, we already skinny. What you talking about? I've been eating this whole pizza. Right. I, I live in Texas. Everything's bigger. Um <laughs> Um, I was just telling Whitney today how I always love to confide in you because uh, you're just you just have a way with your words. Um, and so when I picked the topic today with corporate versus entrepreneurship, I just felt like that was so you when I was thinking about you being on the show. Um, you really balance your what you put out there. Your work is awesome. So I wanted to talk to you about um, what that's like for you. Like what. What's the pros and cons of entrepreneurship in corporate America? Well, Aaron, I appreciate that. And, you know, I, I got this nickname years ago when I was in St. Louis. One of my friends, Kevin, called me Mr. Dribble with both hands. Um, and that was just because I was able to deal with people on a day-to-day -day basis in corporate America and then be cool at the barbershop. But what it's morphed into is so you know about the clothing line. You're actually repping me today, and I appreciate that. But what I do, Whitney, you may not know, is I own a consulting practice. And being from South Carolina, this is going to resonate with you. My, my company is called Bamberg Allendale. That's what I mm -hmm. named it 12 years ago. I started it the day Michael Jackson died. I was uh, VP in New York on Wall Street and got to a place where I hit that glass, I, I won't call it a glass ceiling, sometimes it's a steel wall uh, with someone who was going to be difficult about me making my path. And I'm one of these people that tells people all the time, you control your career. You control your career, you control your destiny. And so on the day Michael Jackson died, I resigned from the bank and started that firm. I tell people I told the bank to beat it on that day. And so there you go. There you go. So what I do Come is on now. Tell, Come on, Mike. <laughs> I tell people Sorry. how to get things done in IT, um, large-scale projects. And doing that, 
you can get totally sucked into that world and lose yourself. And so one of the things that I really like to focus on is how do I keep that in, in perspective, uh, con continue to deliver what I'm supposed to deliver, and then come home and be able to be true. So what I've done is I started this, this t-shirt company and what I've done over the years, as you hear big guy in the background, um, what I've done is anytime there's a situation or if there is a situation where I see I can be of help, I'll sell a few t-shirts and send the proceeds. So that's what I've been doing with that. And you know, the one thing about that, uh, that those who do know, know that Justin Bieber did actually reach out to buy the House of Drew domain a couple of years ago. And I told him no, because I've been doing it for so long, but that's one of our little claims to fame there. Wow. But when I did see that it did have some popularity, you know, I took it to the next level. I said, well, hey, let's start working on it. Let's start revamping it. And it's a continuous work and pro process. Um, we're doing it now. We're working with B12 in New York. They're going to revamp the site. And we were going to do some things at the Black Film Festival, but it was postponed this year. So we're just going to do it for my birthday, which is November 15th. We're going to drop some new things. So you're going to see some new things on Instagram. You're going to see the website be revamped. But that's what I do. I, I try to, because what I do is so intense on a day-to-day -day basis, I try to make sure that I've got outlets, I've got good people like Aaron, that I can dribble with that other hand and keep my sanity with. If not, you'll lose your mind in corporate America. Um, and back to the main point of corporate America versus entrepreneurship, there are challenges with both. But for me, entrepreneurship gives me the autonomy to be able to say, I don't have to be in this environment. You know, if it's a toxic environment, I don't want to be there, then I've got the opportunity to do something different. Whereas when a lot of times you're tied to corporate America, you got to be there. You got to be there or it's almost like getting off a quote unquote plantation um, to move on. So. Mm -hmm. That's a word. That's, I know. Woo. Okay, because I felt like I was picking cotton. And I'm tired. <laughs> you know, I mean, for again, real. Man. And it's, it's not for everybody. A lot of people need that, quote unquote, stability. They need that to feel. But this is what I tell people. Take their name down. If you've got a talent or a skill set, that's something that you do every day and you're getting paid for. So take their name down and put yours up. That's basically what you're doing. You're using that same mm. skill set to get where you need to be, but using it through your name and not promoting someone else's. So that's where your mindset needs to be. I'm doing this. I am, you know, like Jay-Z said years ago, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business, I'm a business man. Man. That's true. Yeah. So you look at yourself as the business and then you'll treat it as such. You know, it's not like a lot of people will go out and they'll, quote unquote, get an LLC and they think they're in business. No, that's not what it is. It, there's a lot that goes behind that. I mean, it's getting up every day just as you would go to an office and doing what you need to do to be successful. Absolutely. That well said. And I think, so what I've learned from a mental aspect, and I feel like 
both of you guys know that part of me is before I started getting a corporate marriage, before I moved to, to, to Dallas, I was pretty much an entrepreneur in these streets. Okay. I was hustling different ways <laughs> to make my way, you know, to what, to make sure I took care of myself and always did a great job. And I moved to Dallas in, but I also was in transition mode. Like I want to grow up and Mm -hmm. responsibility and stability however i didn't realize stability had a cost when you've been so free for so long and i think that's the piece that even though i've been doing this for what six years now almost it's still like now i'm trying to now it's like i'm fighting against myself like this was never what you wanted you tried it and you gave it too much room so how does one like overcome the battle with themselves um, when they're trying to figure look, out what's the best option? Well, you look at it like this, Aaron. I mean, and I've seen that growth in you and where it came from and where it is right now and where it's going. Um, you know, what did I always tell you? It's I'm doing this to keep gas in the car. You know, I was telling you about the conversation I had with Rick Ross a few weeks ago. Um, you have to continue to move. And if that's what it takes to get the gas in the car to move, then that's what you do. You look at it like that. And then again, you put those parameters around it and don't let it get outside of where it's supposed to be. You know, you have a goal in mind. You got to get to that goal and you don't let your current circumstances or the challenges with your current circumstances stop you from getting there. You have to continue to move. Even on those days where it's like, I don't want to be here. Still mm-hmm. do something to help you move towards your goal. That's mm-hmm. what you have to do. Remember, this, this is not the end. This is the means to that end. That, you're absolutely right. Um, and I feel like especially now that what we're going through as a society, uh, we're really struggling on, on what that means. Everyone's trying to find their way and they call it the new normal. I just want to call it life because I don't want to feel like anything is normalized because when we normalize something, we get comfortable and we all been exactly. comfortable for way too long because the moment the food was at the grocery store, let me know we was way too comfortable, okay? So, <laughs> so we have to learn how to like, And sadly enough, we went through this really traumatic experience and I feel like people still don't understand the basic economics to survive. And so now we have these corporations, me and Whitney talk about all the time is like how they're Mm -hmm. so short staffed in every industry. Every industry is Mm -hmm. suffering because we're not loving on our people. Um, I see that every day. I am a lover, but one thing I learned recently is that I'm such a, I'm such a giver that I don't even know how to receive because I'm such a giver. Um, and so Mm -hmm. one thing I've been trying to reverse in a positive way is learning how to receive more because these people out here receive it. Food stamps, snap, (laughs) unemployment, uh, DoorDash tips, everything, they receive it. And here I am giving, giving, give, (laughs) I'm not receiving. So that's something I've been working on. Everything is not really what you want to receive, for one thing, but that's back to balance. Balance. You can't give. If you give so much, then there's nothing else to give. Now you're drained, you know, mm-hmm. and if you're not receiving, you're not being filled back up. So that's just yep. balance. That's balance. 
hey, yeah, I'm going to do, and you have to set parameters because let me tell you something. People will take, take, take until you tell them to stop. You know, and that's no good for you or them because you're making them dependent on you. And the, re- the moment that you say no, now you're going to be the bad guy. Yep. So you, know, you have to work on that balance because there's just no way that you can continue to dish out, dish out, dish out, whether it be work, whether it be relationships, friendships, whatever. You can't continue to, to dish out and not give anything back. And one thing that I tell people that work for me is I believe, like, we always say work-life balance. It's not. It's life-work balance, what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you're not defined by your job. You're defined by how you live your life. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. I first got to the bank. I thought this was, you know, this was it. This was the greatest thing in the world. We did a 35 years anniversary kind of celebration through a conference call for a gentleman who had been an engineer, just been outstanding for years. 20 minutes later, that afternoon, he dropped dead. He dropped dead in the office, had a heart attack, had to send in grief counselors and all this type of thing. and one of my friends said, you know what he probably thought, Drew? He probably thought 35 years, thinking about all the recitals he's missed, probably the, the challenges that he's had at home, and all he gets is a medallion and a piece of cake. These jobs will be here. Look, if something happens to a person, we'll replace them the next day. We'll have someone doing it the next day. So you have to remember, you have to remember that and remember that what we have to remember what's really important the things that that lift your spirits the things that make you happy the things that make you want to to be determined to achieve your goals those are the things that are really important again a job is a means to getting to where you want to be but it's not the end all be all facts that reminds me of one of my like really good friends he um worked in like finance for bmw he had worked for bmw since like high school like started as like a porter and like moved his way up up to the up the chain right and he was great like great at his job and he got married and had a baby so he did like his maternity leave and he came back right. to work and when he came back he was like he knew like i'm never coming back because of that we had a deep conversation and he literally everything you just said he was like I can make money other ways. I'm a hustler. Like, I can't imagine being away from my son. Like, I go to work. He's just getting up. When I go to, when I get off from work, he's going to bed. Like, I miss all this time with him all day. And I don't get to see him. I don't get to see my wife. And, like, that's not what I'm here for. Like, I have to, I want to be able to see my family, create those memories and spend time with them. And he literally quit. Like, people would think, oh, my God, you're crazy. Like, you quit BMW. Like, you had this, this, and this, and this, and he's literally, he meditates every day. Uh, he's playing basketball, like just doing things that makes him happy, spending time with his kids. And like, it's just amazing. But, and he's making it, he's not broke. He's not, you know what I'm saying? He does what he needs right. to do to pay his bills. But for the most part of his day, he gets to be with his family. And that's dope. I and love that. You can't that. beat that. You really <laughs> Those can't. are the things. Those are the memories that'll last with his child. You know, my dad was there with me. He wasn't at the job all the time. I mean, and yes, it, it can't afford you 
certain things in a different mm-hmm. way, but he's talented. Like you said, he's talented. He had been doing that all these years. I'm sure he's picked up skills that will yep. help him do what he do to survive as far mm-hmm. as that's concerned. But the real survival is being able to keep your mentality, your, uh, and I, I won't say just your mentality, um, keep it in a good place. So that you don't feel drained, you don't feel worn out, because if, if you do, when you're coming home, you're not able to give anything to your family, which is why what we're, we're seeing what we're seeing in America right now, the great resignation. People have been at home, they've been able to do things for the last year or so, and now people are telling them to come back into the office, to get right back into this rut? No. No. Mm-hmm. That's going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. And so people are saying, I don't have to do this. And so now we see corporate America now. I just saw an article this afternoon where they're going to have to reassess what we're paying people as well so that people will be incentivized to come back. And you're going to have to have some sort of hybrid work environment where people can have life work balance. Yes. My job literally just did a raise for everybody. Like you can walk off, you can come in no experience, get hired, making $20 an hour. But the thing is, people still, it's still hard for them to get people to come to work. Still hard. It's still hard because 20 don't make I mean, them $20, but it's $20 an hour. But it's like in this, in this time that we're in, that's not like for some people, that's amazing. But for others, like I can make that, I can make more than that. Like I could make that while I, Sleep. I can do. I can do a million other things, making just twenty, right. and I don't even have to work at your job. I can work for myself. Right. So, yeah. but but they're they're trying incentives. Work overtime. Get fifty dollars an hour. Win a win this. Try to win that. Like doing all this stuff just to try to get people to come to work, and it's still not working. <laughs> it's not. It's really not. Peer group that are making 80 and 90 an hour and they don't want to go back yeah like you it's you can't it's hard to put a price tag on like your your time and like like those memories like that it really doesn't even it doesn't do anything for me like i'm not working anymore because i want to be with my son i want to spend time with my grandma i want to have time for my business like i'm not Mm-mm. You you'll take these eighty. That's it. <laughs> right. That's all. That's all you gonna get from me. Yep. Yeah. It's it's so true, and I think um, hopefully America can understand that everyone needs a little bit extra now. It's not like it used to be. Everyone went through whatever that transition may be good, bad, and different right. hustle, no hustle, whatever that is. Everybody went through a transition this past year, and how they're receiving it and dealing with it on a daily is totally different. And we see that every day. Right. So I hope that people can understand like, yo, we, they talk about the new normal, but no one is talking about the new people. Like everybody grew somewhere. You stick people in the house with barely any food on the shelves and internet. They're going to make some life changes. We all went through some things, either went real good or real bad. Or in the middle, or still figuring it out. So, no, I don't think anyone's taken into consideration that. Everyone always just like, I just wanted to be back like it was. I don't think it ever will, but I think that's the best part. I actually love the fact that people aren't dependent on their jobs anymore. 
Like, I love that. It's dreadful for me, realistically, but I think I love <laughs> the fact that, like, they they took their power back. That's something I admire. Yeah. That's yeah. Empowerment. Yep. Absolutely empowerment. You know, yeah. um, capitalism is losing its grip. And they, they, they starting some new stuff. They starting some new, new, okay? I like the new, new. I like everyone that's out there trying to create whatever it is that they're trying to create. And if they're still figuring out they don't know what to create, at least they tried. That's dope. So shout yeah, out to you that's for exactly. even just that's trying. If you, if you just deliver groceries and you having a good time, do Right. So do that. So, Drew, do you know who, um, I'm sure you know who Les Brown is. I do. I love him. Like, I'm obsessed with him. I listen to him when I wake up. Like, I don't even get out of my bed and I'm listening to him before I go to bed. I listen to him. I listen to him throughout the day. And he says, fail your way to success. Like, exactly. you're going to fail. Like, we are in, in social media. We can get so caught up in, like, it needs to be perfect or I need to be like this or my body needs to look like this or I need to have whatever, whatever your thing that you have to be. But it's like, fail your way. It's not going to be perfect. You're not going to have a good jillion followers like this other person. Like, but just do you stay consistent? And as long as you stay consistent, you're going to get somewhere. Like, just do you and fail your way to success. And like, damn, like that really resonated with me because I could be like that. Like, I need to do this. I need to be like that. And da, 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 da. But it's like, no, like, slow your roll, do your thing, enjoy the process, enjoy the ride and you'll get there. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And look at it from this perspective. I mean, that's a good point. Um, Whitney, think about it like this. We call those L's when we have difficulties. We take those L's. Mm-hmm. So what happens when you turn the L upside down? It's a step. And if you put enough of those together, you're going to get to where you're going. Come on. Come on. Come turn on, the elevator to six down. I got to write that down. Come on. We stepping. Come on now. <laughs> everybody would have been there already Mm -hmm. you know it's those that get to that place where you know they decide for whatever reason i don't want to go to that next level i don't want to deal with the pain of failure whereas it's a part of life just as i was telling someone the other day rock bottom is a great place because you know everything from that point is up the challenge not making it a residence mm-hmm. it's a stop a residence you know just as everything is you're not always going to be super successful you're not always going to be a super failure these are these are, are places in the road um that are hopefully helping you get to what we talked about earlier that in that in place in the journey but don't let either one of these stops consume you you know, some people can get to a place where they feel like they're so successful. They don't have to get any better. They don't have to do this. They don't have to do that. They don't have to continue to improve themselves. And you're going to fail ultimately like that. And then there's some people that may have a big bump in the road and they think that's it. That's not it. That's not it. It's just a moment in time. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes continue- that big bump is like, the thing that needed to happen, that failure that like turned everything around, that puts you like somewhere that you didn't even think you were gonna go that ended up being like the best thing ever. So yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's really what happened in my life. I mean, um, had some, some bumps in the road, but kept being determined and ended up a college dropout, got to Wall Street. So that's the way it works. Yeah. That's dope. What's, like, what's your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur? Again, I call the shots. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I can determine and I can set the environment that we're working in. Um, I don't have to deal with, you know, if it's a bad situation, I can say, hey, we don't want to be here. I don't want people exposed to this and we can, we can get out of that. Um, again, you've got to hustle. It's still a hustle, Aaron. Like you were, you were saying, you're still hustling. You're just doing it in a corporate environment. Um, there was a point that I wanted to make that you just touched on something. You know what? It's actually a segue into one of the topics that you guys uh, mentioned fashion in the workplace. Mm-hmm. So it comes back to Whitney freedom. Mm-hmm. It's freedom to be who you are and express yourself how you want to. Now I'm not saying that you know in my environment I can come in the uh, I can come in the office every day with you know that on, but you can still express yourself. Um, I know one of the things that we've been discussing over the last few years is hairstyles, women's hairstyles, men's hairstyles as far as locks are, are concerned. Mm-hmm. But you know it's it's expression, and it's also, if you do it the right way, it's a way of blazing a trail for others to be able to follow behind you. You know, yeah. if, you're, if you're dressing a certain way and acting a certain way, then people will begin to associate those two behaviors with this kind of person. So think about it. Whatever you're doing from an expression standpoint, if it is to jump outside the norm and break the mold, remember that you're a trailblazer and you have to do it the right way. Now, me being from Carolina, you already know. I'm what? Okay, you're yeah. not playing with them. Not playing yeah. with them when I come to the office. I've got my sense of style and things like that, but um, you know, I'm I'm from a, a line of dressers, and my grandfather always said, "Dress like your boss is boss." Mm-hmm. Yep. Ultimately, what happens is people begin to treat you like that, and so of course you have to be and have the arsenal behind that to be able to back that up. But it at least puts that in people's minds, and they begin to associate, "Hey, this guy is sharp, not only in his dress, but only in his or her performance as well." Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Dress the part, Drewby dressing, y'all. Every time I see him, he always got something fly on. One day I was I like, where that something. jacket from? Hey, <laughs> yeah. You better tell us where we from, how we do. Listen, like it's not a game. Like our our uh, guest last week, Mel, literally wears a suit to work every single day. And we don't, you can come to work in a, je- in a pair of jeans and a t-shirt. And that's like the norm. And he literally wears a suit, a nice tailored suit every so before i even knew him it was like he's the guy that always looks nice he always has a suit and like he had that like you know he had that demeanor to him like to me it's like you look like you got you're married you got a kid like you you just look 
well put together like in your head you think of like this person as you know he has it together you know he's a top performer you know he's like all of these things just because of how he carries himself and yeah it goes a long way like you're gonna look like that or are you gonna come to work wearing a bonnet every day like which one yeah. like which which one is it so yeah you know, that, you're just for where you are you're dressing for where you're going mm-hmm Mm-hmm. But when you were talking about the hair, that made me think of, because you talked about him earlier, Jay-Z. I was thinking about him earlier, like, a while ago, like, he has gone through a whole lot of different, like, changes, and, like, Jay-Z's hair now is, like, not, he's, like, he would be a trailblazer, a trailblazer, because he, the way he carries himself now is not the clean cut how he used to be. It's way more... Right. Yeah, like it's totally different, but I love it because it's different. It's not the typical like Jay-Z that you thought of maybe like 15, 20 years ago. And I think it's dope that he is showing us like you don't have to look like that. You can be you, you can be authentic to yourself. Even like Cam Newton, like they're all just like really embracing the just embracing them. And I just really I really love that they're showing men that like you don't have to be like this. You can do it too. You don't have to cut your hair. You don't you can do it. You can be successful and embrace everything about us. I love that. Right. If you're good at your craft, you absolutely can. Yeah. Absolutely mm-hmm. can. Of course Jay Z's a billionaire, so you know he's right. Right. But, he can do what he wants. But no, I yeah. get it. You're absolutely right. If you're good at what you do, people are going to tolerate a lot more. Mm-hmm. Facts. I love that. Do you? Okay, I have one off. Well, it's kind of the same topic. How do you feel about girls wearing the bonnet in the airport at the grocery store? Why are you going to ask me that question? You already know. <laughs> She's setting you up. I know. I just had you to already- because I just needed it from a male's perspective. Girl, if what if it's a cute? What if cute... it's a cute one? Is there is there such thing as a cute bonnet to you, Drew? Not outside of a bedroom. Ooh, okay. I say it's a no. I don't. I don't agree. I don't agree to anyone wearing a bonnet outside their house. Like bonnet is for the house. That's fine. Do it all day. You in your house. You at the airport. You at the grocery store, sister girl. No, because you're representing public. public. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why we gotta do ourselves like that? Don't get that hair weave if it's gonna take all that to maintain. Go ahead and spend the extra fifty so it maintains itself. Yeah, there's this girl I follow on Facebook, and I like just happened to log in, and she went on a trip. They went to New York. Damn. And you know they did the selfie. They're like out in front of the airport, and everybody had a bonnet on. Ooh! Not the, the bonnet crew. crew. The bonnet crew. It was a bunch of them. that's too much nope (laughs) that's too much you know maybe i'm going too far with this but i just feel like you know we're representing us we are representing us and you know a lot of people say i'll do what i want i do and that's your business but i just think when you're doing that you do have a responsibility to present something to public uh, to the public that says, yeah, we we are conscientious about the way we carry ourselves. And honestly, it's just a lack of preparation. 
Yeah. You got to throw a bomb. That means you are prepared. Right. Like your hair is not going to get messed up on the plane, sis. It's not. It's I not promise. Sis. It's not going to get messed up. Because you're just going to be sitting there. Like it's, you're not going to be doing a lot. Right. So just right. take the bump. Like you can put it back on when you get in the hotel room, but it's not going to get messed up on the plane. And you could wear a headband if you're worried about the marriages. Just put the headband on. That's still cute. Let the rest be free. And I have to find a company, but they have like hoodies that have the inside lined with silk mm. to protect your right. hair. Or like, you know, you can get, they have so many products that you have now, little pillows that have silk on it. If you really feel like your tresses are going to get messed up on the, on the three hour ride. Like, mm. it's really not that serious. But we'll let them do that. We're not, you know, it's not going to end. But, no. Drew. I'm not going to judge anybody. I mean, that's your call, but, you know. That's on you. So you're super stylish. And I always like to ask this question. If you had to wear one outfit, one outfit every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? It'd be a suit. A suit? It definitely like a blue suit. suit. Like what suit though? Like I need some like details. Like what suit? No, so that's where the challenge is going to come because I've got a lot of suits. Um, I like variety in my suits. Um, it would probably, honestly, Whitney would probably be a nice suit with a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I love, I love stylish, uh, shirts, uh, spread collar shirts and nice ties and all that, but a nice suit with a t-shirt with the, a really nice, uh, Pima cotton t-shirt. It's the balance because you can take the jacket off and be more cash. You know, it's the versatility for me. Okay. Right. I like it. So who are like, who are some of your like, like style influencers or like, you know, people that you just love their style or, you know, maybe even like as growing up, you saw them and you just really were influenced by their style. It was my uncles, my uncles, my grandfather, they were dressers. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. My father. Um, before my mother <laughs> converted him, but um, <laughs> my uncle and what they would do is they would leave me their their old clothes. Um, you know, my uncle actually attended MUSD in Charleston, the medical cool. university. And hey. so you know, in the polo shirts, they actually got me my first subscription to GQ magazine at 13. And I've had it ever since for wow. all these years. And so I would look at them and then I just developed my own style. I wanted to, uh, to wait a minute. Did they just say John Gruden was out? Mm-hmm. I don't know much about football. football just totally different happened. subject, but yeah, I just saw a flag, a news flag. But anyway, and so I what I did was I made my own style. And what I also I want to tell you about another period of my life, Miami Vice. Miami Vice was, I mean, a heavy influence on my life. And what I would do is I would actually write the Versace store in Miami to get the catalog and ended up meeting Miss Carolina years later when I moved to Miami. And she was so happy because I was the little, the little kid that oh. uh, was writing her. But that, that show heavily influenced my style. 
Um, and from there, I always kept that that cool, that cool, sexy, stylish mm-hmm. look. You know, just I believe in being dapper. I like that. Hmm. Come through bit. Miami Vice. Uh, Miami Vice. Interesting. That's a pretty awesome perspective. It gives me so, like 11 vibe. Can you give us like a breakdown of like where all that you lived in the world? Um, Columbia, Charlotte, Miami, St. Louis, D.C., Chicago, New York, and a short stint out in Arizona. Ooh. I actually like Arizona. Arizona, I feel like it's super, super hot, super dry. Oh, you know, and I I guess if you want to throw that in there, um, when I was in uh, Operation Desert Storm, I was in Dehran, Saudi Arabia. Yep, yep, yeah, throw that in. Ooh. Yeah, I lived downtown, and every night I was a bad boy. I would go up to Bahrain. That's where you really had your fun. So, and I look back on it, like they say, you know, I know it's not biblical, but God looks out for fools and babes. I could have got kidnapped every night going over there, but I did. And I would go over there and I would buy clothes. <laughs> I would do everything. Um, That's you so guys, cool. You know, the United Colors of Benetton, the no. brand. Mm-mm. So check Benetton out. Um, and Benetton has a male line that a lot of people didn't know about called Sicily. And over there in Europe, I mean, it's like, it's like polo to them. And so for mm-hmm. me to go into a shop over there and to be able to see these type of things, and they actually gave me discounts because I was a, an American soldier. And they were so happy that we were over there trying to clean stuff up. So I ended up getting discounts and sending stuff back home. So there we go again, him and that, him and those clothes. That's so cool. It's the clothes for me. You gotta, I feel like when you look good, you feel good. You just you feel that. It, it just exaggerates you like your personality, your confidence. It's just like, nobody can tell you nothing when you got that fit on that you just feel it. Like they can't tell you nothing. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Well, they say uh, in sports, you look good, you play good. Yep. We play in so, our charity streets. You did speak about like Justin Bieber wanting to buy like your brand. Like, how does that? How does that happen? Like, how? Like, you, there your has brand. to have been like something that like. Can we get like some backstory of like? what happened prior, like what, how that even came to be? Well, you mean as far as the brand is concerned? Yeah, like how how does Justin Bieber even like know, you know what I'm saying? Like how is that relationship even like built for that to happen? Well, his middle name is Drew. Mm. And so he wanted House of Drew, which is why he has Drew House. That's what he created instead. Um, Got it. And I did, yeah, when I was in Miami, I used to see a lot of the Jamaican stores and things. They used to have House of this or that, or some of the fashion houses, it was House of. And I just, you know, I did it as a play on my alter ego, which is Drew. Mm-hmm. And so 
you know, 2006, I started this House of Drew thing. It was actually 2005, but, um, you know, back then we didn't have, well, we weren't as savvy with the internet and there wasn't as much access to it, but that was one of the good things with me being in corporate America. I've always had a laptop, always had a laptop to give me access to a lot more things. And so I bought the domain name way back then. And I just was not going to give that up. You know, even if it wasn't making me a million dollars, it was still mine. You know, and so I built that brand. I mean, that brand is about helping those who are less fortunate in different avenues in life. And, um, you know, I think, uh, well, the slogan, one of the slogans is uh, you wearing my clothes tells the world you love to look good and you love to raise hell. And people say, well, raise hell, you know, they always think of raise hell as I'm just going in to tear things up. And no, I base that on my mission statement, which is uh, the ancient Roman army would employ a war tactic called raising when it would fight its fiercest foes and defeat them. And raising was they tear everything up, they burn it down, and then they'd sow salt to make sure nothing ever came from that existence again. And as I tell people, I use that same philosophy with attacking the things that cause us trouble in life, whether it be disease, uh, poverty, uh, inner city use, not having direction, that kind of thing. And so that's what I do. Um, I use the benefits that come from people buying these things to raise hell. That's what we call hell on earth. And so we raise it. We, we do everything we can to make sure that we're putting a dent in, you know, changing people's circumstances for the good. I love that it has like a call. Your, your brand has like a, a cause that's like helping people. It's not just, it's not right. just a t-shirt because we can all just start right. a t-shirt line. So I love that you're giving back to the community. So, okay. You also mentioned speaking to Rick Ross. How does that like relationship come to like fruition? It started through his book. Um, he did a virtual uh, conversation uh, with his book of, uh, with the good day to box up. Um, ended up getting the, the book signed uh, three days later. And, you know, one thing that, that impressed me with him is because I've met a lot of people uh, in the industry, just being in corporate America, you're going to bump into people and being certain mm-hmm. places, you're going to bump into And some people you can understand very quickly whether or not this is going to be an opportunity for something to be substantial or this person is just an entertainer. And Rick is not an entertainer. He was on the tail end. I left Miami when he was really starting to come into his own. But um, everybody used to call him the fat boy that would really uh, clean your car very well. He talked about that, how he arranged people's cassette tapes in his car or in cars when he was working at the car wash. And what he's Mm -hmm. done now is he's taken that entrepreneurial spirit to the next level. It's not just music. You know, you know about the wing stops. But he has what's that? Thigh stop, period. Don't play with Rick. 
<laughs> right. And so um, what he's done now is he's trying to partner with small businesses uh, to help people get to where they're going. Um, he's working with about 20 right now, but he has the goal of next year working with 50. And I want to be one of those 50 that he works with. Um, because I think, again, it's cool to deal with corporate America, but it's even cooler to deal with those that understand your plight and understand what it took for you to get to where you've gotten so far and have the means to help you from an influence or whatever perspective get to the next level. It's just easier, you know? Yeah, that's dope. I actually saw, um, you may, you probably know them. It's a podcast and a brand. It's called Sleep is for Suckers. Have you heard of them? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw that he posted yep. that he's helping Rick Ross with his, po- with his podcast. And I'm like, dang, that's super, super dope. So yep. that's probably one of the same, what, what you're talking about, helping people um, right. like elevate. So that's really, really dope. And like being in the podcast space, like it's super huge. And just knowing like, dang, Rick Ross is wanting to tap into podcasts. Like that's. I'm I'm already excited for the episodes, and it was just one little post. Like that's dope. Yeah, I mean, but everybody has a story. It's it's just you know, it's just like we sit around and we talk about things every day. You know, it's the same thing. It's just uh, it's just telling your story. People want to hear that. You know, I think with social media and especially with like the Facebook hearings last week, we find out about the algorithms that they use to pit people Mm -hmm. against each other. make young ladies uh, feel as if they're not this or not. And it's not just young ladies, it's everybody. They make you feel as if you're not this or you're not that um, because you don't have this and you don't have that. And then you find out in a few years that it's either all leased or it was all staged. You know, um, people want to know the real story, how to get there. And when you can articulate that in a way that people can digest it um, and then put it to use, it's going to be popular. And that's literally how we started. Like Aaron and I would talk and we'd have these like amazing conversations. I'd be like, Aaron, like, I wish we could record this. Like people need to hear this because we're laughing or we're not crying, but it's just where there's all these emotions we could be talking about, whatever, the sucky day at work or, being a single parent or just being a woman or just whatever but it's like so many people can relate to this what we're talking about there's like and it's it's so relatable like we have to record this like we have to and the fact that we're doing it is so amazing and so much fun because that's all that's what it's about like people are want to hear our stories and especially black stories because they haven't heard here they haven't heard us talk it's always the other side like we don't really like get that shine in that way or when we are on the screen or we are talking it is someone else writing the script it is not really like super authentic so i'm just happy that we we started this and we're we're sharing our story so yeah well, let me say this i'm proud of you guys for for actually doing it i mean a lot of people talk about things and they don't actually go through with it and fulfill it. But hey there, the handsome young man. They don't do it, but that's what people need to hear. Even those days where the the nest is uncomfortable, 
people want to know how to navigate that. How do I keep my sanity dealing with this crazy job, dealing with being a single mother, dealing with having to handle my business when everything is against me? People want to know that. And you never know. There's something that you could say in that podcast or in that conversation that helps someone else say, you know what? I can take another step. And that next step may be that step to where you're supposed to be. And I'm going to tell you the story that I always tell Aaron. So when an eagle builds her nest, it's huge. Uh, I don't know if you've seen them on top of the telephone poles and things like that. But what she does initially is it's so comfortable, a grown man could lay down in it and actually rest. It's so, you know, it's so comfortable, so soft. But at the bottom of it, she puts glass, shards, stickers, everything, broken, uh, broken things. Because as the eaglets get older, she turns it up, turns it up. So those things are sticking up. And you know what happens then? It's uncomfortable for them to stay there. And what do they do? They have to learn how to fly. Wow. So that's how she makes them leave the nest. And that's what life is like. When we get to a place where that nest is so very uncomfortable that we can't lay down, we can't rest, we can't be comfortable, then it's time for us to get out and to fly. Yes. Drewby hit me with with the hardcore, like, take it like, I, (laughs) I call them for my shenanigans. So sometimes like, it's so important to get outside of your own thoughts. And I really lean on my tribe to help me get out of those thoughts because I'm only as good as I allow myself to be. But sometimes if I'm just stuck in a, in a thought, I can't get out of it. And so I'll call him and he'll be like, look at yourself in the mirror. And I'm like, well, shoot, let me look at myself in the mirror. (laughs) Wait, wait. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. And like, it's like a, a way to get back, but I think it's so important that so many people, we isolate ourselves. It's natural. We got our cutoff game good. We don't care about anyone. But I think one thing I've learned is, especially as I continue to, you know, go through the journey of getting older is I actually do want people around. I don't want to isolate myself. I don't want that at all. I don't like that. I love to have people because I know the people I have are still busy enough to not like crowd the space. Like everyone's got their own things going on. So they're there Mm -hmm. in the perfect and it's like organic like me and drew literally are like we're available around the same times so like we're busy with life right. we've got life going on but then we're like hey it just worked out let's like get, let's get right. it together let's right. keep going let's keep going like let's push and it's always just growth keep moving with life it's not like a you know we all have those clingy friends that we probably already let go by now that are just right. Right. <laughs> energy suckers. That's not the tribe I have. They're just not energy suckers. They're just not. And that's how you know that's the right place for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Seriously. You know, you've got, you've got to be holistically taken care of. I mean, um, you know, I, I, you know, you and I make no, no qualms about it. Um, you know, it's a spiritual relationship as well. And what I've learned is that even in these situations where you do have to step out on faith uh, and walk on water, uh, or, you know, going back to the, the eagle analogy, what I tell people, if you jump, he'll give you wings. 
you're not going to you're not going to fall. If you're doing it for the right reason and for the right cause, you'll get wings. You'll fly. So you do consulting. Can you consult us <laughs> with, with our podcast? <laughs> she said consult. I, I, I can't. Uh, look, I'll put a foot in you in a minute. <laughs> Drew is no, amazing. I love that. And I always no, tell for real. Like, True. like how dope he is. But you know, sometimes like you're you're so dope. Like in my eyes, like I know he knows that he's awesome. But in my eyes, I have such a high view. And I'm always like, oh, like, you know, like it's sometimes it's so hard to like look outside of yourself because you're just such a great, humble person. And every time I'm like, Man. Well, I tell you, and now I say the same thing with Whitney. I mean, you guys look at you. You're you're single mothers. Um, And Aaron, your situation, particularly because I've known it for years, uh, you handle it in such a way that I've told you people need to hear your story. They really need to hear your story. You know? Uh, there, There are women who have said, no, I won't do this and giving their children up and you don't, you hang in there, you get mad about it, but you keep on going. And Whitney, I'm sure just in talking to you, the few few minutes that I have tonight that you do the exact same thing. I mean, and it's indicative looking at the way your son is holding on to his mommy right now. So she ain't going nowhere. that's, that's That's what people need to hear. They want to hear those stories of how, how you got there, because even if it's not, it's not about making millions and millions, you're able to still help people lead successful lives, productive lives. Because what you guys are doing is you're raising productive children. And that's what, that's really what people want to do. They want to, how do I make my family better? How do I make my life better? How do I make me better? You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. Like, just talking about like Aaron, just like sharing her story, like seriously, hands down, like, like okay, going back to there's a post I think it was a uh, big Burke is a post that he posted on Instagram. It says that a lot of our friends, dang, I can't remember the exact quote, but it's like a lot of our friends are like future like goats pretty much and it's like yeah like because you're in the hustle and bustle of life and da 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 but you don't see that we see all the potential or all the amazing things that you're already doing and how you can really elevate that just by sharing your story like you see how an amazing person you are and the world hasn't even gotten to witness that yet and it's like if you even just make that one post and it's like it's not about making millions, but it's about all those other moms who know exactly what you're talking about, know exactly what you're going through. That's your tribe. That's your community. That's all of that. Like, yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell your, story. Tell your story. You have to. And I feel like for me, Remember too, that? we get so, like, stuck in, like, being, you can be judged or people can talk talk about you or whatever it is but you one thing I know Charlemagne always says it like it's your truth so if you you from the beginning this is my truth you lay it out on the line no one can use it against you like so what right. okay and okay and 
So yeah, no, like, that's, that's, that's super motivating. That's all it is. It's the story that got me to where I am. And so, you know, who cares if it doesn't look like someone else's? Yeah. Yeah, you have to. I think that's always been uh, my struggle because my personal endeavors have been so sacred to me. You know how you keep those sacred things sacred? I'm learning to let go of that. And that's a process. And I think people don't realize that when you've protected something for so long to like let it go, it's pretty important because my child, you know, he came out this beautiful thing of mine and I'm protective. Okay. I'm like, I am like ready to snatch. Like I'm ready to be on channel four at any moment for him. So mm-hmm. I'm working through like but, letting that go to people to enjoy that part of me. Um, but I think it was really hard. It was so hard for so long. I don't, I, and I feel like that's probably why a lot of pe- parents in my community do stay the way they do because it is so hard. I've tried to get outside of myself right. on multiple occasions, but we see how social media is. We see how people are like just people normally, you know? So it's like, you don't even want to expose your life and your, your child to that most of the time. And that's where the, the, the cub comes from because people are just okay. unfortunately very ignorant. Um, I think my strength has gotten a lot better because God has always pushed me and like he continues to push the gas on what I go through. Like he does not let up on me. And I'm like, there's got to be an end to this. There's got to be. But I think he's genuinely just just pushing me to that level where none of those things will matter as my Mm -hmm. uh, buddy likes to be. Um, he he wants his uh, his YouTube debut real soon. He ready. exactly. He's ready. John is trying to tell you he's all, he's always coming ready. He coming ready. My dog. Look, just try to Look. pop a seat. I mean, Grown man, what's up? What's up? And he doesn't want to sit on you. I just want to know. Looking like a man. Oh my it's god. He wants to sit on me all the time. I just want to know. Does that ever stop? No. I remember my yeah. granny. I used to still as an adult, I would sit on her lap. Mm-hmm. I've, I've always my granny face. I've always I don't play about her. I think I've been one of those weird children. I was like <laughs> <laughs> I've always yeah. been so distant. Like I love my family and stuff, but I didn't get like in their space too much. I really just didn't. I've always been like that right. to myself kind of parent. And then my child is just a to me kind of child, of child. Um, teenager. Yeah. So yeah, well, y'all, especially grandma. Was that Whitney? No, especially grandma. Like I'm super close to both of my grandmothers, so there's no um, no boundaries, no personal, <laughs> no personal space. <laughs> um, in there, and that's how like my son is. He's like in my face, all over me, all touching my face, like, you're getting a pimple, you need to get a wax, like, we're very <laughs> connected, but I don't know, I love to show that, like, you know, show that love and, like, affection and all that with him. It's the TLC for it. me, y'all. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. I've had an amazing time with two great people in my life, so this is a yeah, great I- that's what I, I really um, I mean, had a ball with this. 
I really, for real, can we do like a consultation <laughs> call? Can we book it? I'm dead serious. Yes. No, uh, I want your information because I'm going to make sure that I get you a t-shirt as well. But, um, you know, guys, Erin knows this. I mean, she uses me. Her bill is her bill is astronomical. So when she gets her first meal, she can just know that part of that is going to uh, Bamberg Allendale. But anyway, <laughs> but it no, is. guys, if you're what you're trying to do, I'm here for you. Okay? Yes, that that's yeah. free. That's that's payment to me. That to see people go to the next level and do what they what they're dreaming about doing. That's my payment. You know, so, you know, three, four years, you guys have that super podcast or that show or whatever, just to say that, hey, you know, they're my friends. It's going to be more than fulfilling for me. Yeah, our book, our movie, like, we already got to named our book, like, years ago before we had our podcast. So that was kind of like the blessing. Um, (laughs) But you guys, you guys need to make sure you check out my boy. Like, Drew is so amazing and and I feel like sometimes we always want to see all these people that are so much higher than ourselves grow which they're already growing and that's amazing but make sure you support the people that you know that they're tangible they're touchable like he's there is real like he's gonna give you the tea you're like oh man those celebrities can never give you that they just can't they just don't even, they don't even, they don't even have that piece of them in them. So make sure you guys support your people. I'm wearing my House of Drew shirt. He has been blessing me with merch for quite some time. I don't even remember the first time I got a piece of merch, just thinking about it. It was a long time ago, like years ago. So I always have, I have another shirt too, which I actually have a little photo shoot I did in that white shirt. Um, check him out. He's dope um, and consulting public speaking, um, just life. Um, and if you need some fashion tips, he might, he might know a person for you. Just okay. saying. Just saying. Because, yeah, I, got, I have a store. I have a boutique as well. So I, I can get consulting for both podcasts and um, my store. I'm here for it. Like, the wheels are turning, okay? <laughs> I look forward to it. I'm back in Carolina. I'm going to make sure I stop by. Listen, we need to link for real. Like, we need to go eat. Can we go shop? I already want to go shopping with you already. Like, yeah. Yeah, so we got to get him to do work media, which um, is our engineers and stuff for our podcast. Like, he would do so amazing with those guys, and we love them, so. Yeah, the studio's downtown, like, right by uh, Rodney Scott's Barbecue. So. Okay. Yeah, in the city. So, yeah, we have a lot of fun being able to work with them. And they have a whole other, their brand is amazing to seeing it start literally in their living room. And now they have a whole company that does audiobooks and all these super cool things. So, yeah. Their information. I definitely yeah. information. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Super, super, super dope. How can they find you? Well, look. Uh, you can find me at uh, House of Drew or BamAllen.com, www.BamAllen, B-A-M-A-L-L-E-N.com. Yo, book him. Like, he will shoot make sure it happens. Yep. yep, shoot yeah. me a note, and uh, I'll definitely get back to you. 
I love it. I'm here for it. It's the entrepreneurship that's golden. And I want to just say like, this man is amazing with his words. Like I'd be like, Drew, help me, help me. Cause my words don't be coming out like this. I need help. He's amazing with his words. I can't wait for the book. Like it's coming. It's going to be so dope because this, this man has like a we are, talent. Hope to drop it. Um, uh, looks like it's going to be late November, um, late November, uh, late January, 2022. Keep a lookout, you guys, because he got them words for you, period. Yes, I'm excited about this book. Yes. And this year in 2022 just does something to me. The number 22 is my number. It's yes. going to be so good. These last years were about growth. um, And let's continue to grow together. Support your local peeps that are here live and local. Um, Leave us off with your favorite restaurant in Tampa. If you guys are. Right now, it's Rose Bar. It's Rose Bar, a Black owned restaurant in Soho. Um, The first one down there. And uh, they're just doing a, a. absolutely tremendous job over there so that's where i'm hanging out a lot of times right now rose bar i have not been to rose bar and you know i love going back to a good old temple so i'm gonna check you guys out at rose bar hit me up in the dms rose bar so i can come check yeah you out. I, I, he's the guy he's just a really good guy uh personable guy and everybody loves him so yeah support him support him everyone Awesome. You guys yeah. check out Rose Bar, check out House of Drew. Make sure you get some consulting in because these small businesses, we need help. If y'all ain't gonna go back to work, come on, right. Right. get it legit. Like, right. go ahead and do what you got to do. Okay. Invest in yourself. Invest yeah. in yourself. Um, you guys, make sure you follow my my awesome two people, Whitney and Andrew. I love you guys. Um, and sip on our cocktails tonight. We were drinking tequila. Don't be dapper and get you some whiskey. <laughs> I love that. I feel like that's the name of the show. Dapper it is. Though. It is. It was an awesome cup. And I'm love definitely, it. I need better cups. I don't have no oh, cup to say anything. The merch, the merch is coming. The hospitality queen's merch is coming. So listen, you don't go. you fret. Okay. Period. Here for you. Yes. And Thank you so much for coming, Drew. I really great, love this. This is amazing. Talk to you guys. We'll connect. Uh, actually, Whitney, we'll connect tomorrow. <laughs> Y'all, you heard that? We're going to connect tomorrow. <laughs> Period. Y'all okay. take care. Love you guys. Have a great Bye. evening. Bye. Love you. Peace. Peace. Bye. Bye.